I'm going to talk to you about the prayer of Antioch in 2021. You're wondering, what is the prayer of Antioch? I'll get there. But, but I, I want to talk to you about a really powerful prayer uh, of a five-year-old child. And the prayer was that she was asking for the blessing of her food on an evening meal with her family. And they asked this little child, you want to pray the blessing? And they said, yeah, mommy, daddy, I do. So she, she closed her hands, folded them, and she says, she says, dear God, thank you for these pancakes. Amen. Well, that was nice. She was thankful, but they weren't having pancakes. They were having having uh, chicken. And you thought maybe she wanted pancakes, you know. Maybe God would turn it in, but that wasn't it. The parents says, honey, why would you thank God for pancakes when you know we're having chicken? She smiled and says, I just thought I would like to be sure that he was paying attention. There's so many powerful prayers in Scripture, from Moses to David to Jehoshaphat to Daniel. Wow, we could be here all night and, and talking about the power of prayer. You know, we have been exposed to those powerful, earth-shaking prayers that God did pay attention to these individuals' lives. But here, in Acts 13, and I think it's so appropriate because, well, when you look at this, these leaders of this church were praying, and, and, and I want you to hear this, this, this scripture, and then you could answer this for me. It's out of Acts, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 3, and, and listen to what they prayed about. Among the prophets and the teachers of the church of Antioch in Syria were Barnabas and Simon called the black man and Lucius of Kyrene and Manian and the child companion of King Herod uh, and Atipus and Saul. And one day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for uh, a special work to which I have called them. So after uh, more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them out on their way. Now, can anybody tell me what they prayed? You really can't. And, and yet, yet, at that time, that prayer that was laid upon well, Paul and uh, upon Barnabas is, is that there was this this life-changing experience that turned the world upside down. Well, we really don't know what they prayed, but we do know that God was paying attention. Hmm. I want to pray like that. I, I want to pray that, that I would have a sense that God is paying attention. Don't you? Don't you out there and... In, in your homes, that when you pray, you as God, I want you to pay attention. But, but we're not told what they really prayed. The only thing that we're told is that they prayed and they were fasting and praying. And usually, when people fast for uh, for one reason or another, it, it could be because well, 
over a death of a loved one. They're grieving or they fast when they are repenting of their sins or, or we're called to, to pray and fast for a nation. And, and people fast when they're seeking protection from forces really that they really can't control. Boy, do we ever have that these days. And, but most often, people fast when they were seeking insight. And, and this church in Antioch was a relatively a new congregation, but it wasn't an upstart. It wasn't just a handful of people. It, it had enormous growth. And when the leaders of Jerusalem heard about this, they sent Barnabas and Paul to them. And, and it wasn't a, a weekend visit or just sit down to talk with the leaders and have a leadership conference or study. They were there for one year. And they seen what God was doing. In fact, it was then in an Acts eleven twenty six tells us that the believers were called Christians for the very first time there in Antioch. So Antioch was a growing church. It was a powerful church, great teachings, and all kinds of potential. Hmm. So what could they have been fasting and praying about? I, I can remember several years ago in Indianapolis, I was counseling this, this middle-aged gentleman, and, and I felt uncomfortable as I was counseling with him, because I just felt something's missing here. And he kept talking, and I kept listening. And, <clears throat> and, and, and most therapists, is, they really, if you're smart, you'll listen carefully because the people you're counseling always give you the answers. They're going to tell you what they need. And so I'm listening, and, and just nothing was coming. And, and then near the latter part of that session, I felt just an overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit, and he began to speak to me about this gentleman. And I began to talk to him about it. And his eyes lit up, and he goes, how do you know this? Did my family tell you? Did someone in the church tell you? I said, well... Yes and no. No, no one in your family, no one in your church, but yes, I was told. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me about these issues in your life, and, and God just moved miraculously there. Well, here's what I feel is I feel that somewhat uncomfortable as we are ending 2020 and entering into 2021. And, and yet, in, in the past several weeks, I've been experiencing in our worship and our praise that that was that second song. Have we ever sung that before? Is that new? Have we sung that before? Well, I need to pay attention because that is beautiful. Uh, in, in that there is, 
there's something going on. I'm, I'm talking to the staff and, and the leadership of the church, and people are sharing things of what God's doing, and and, and yet we're in the midst of this this pandemic. And 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 six seven months ago, I didn't know anybody who had COVID. Now I know all types of people who have COVID, and, and, and I know some precious people that Arlene and I love dearly that have passed away of COVID. And so it's, it's all around us, and all this stuff is going on, and, and there is, there's times there's that overwhelming sense of heaviness upon me as, as a pastor of the church, and then I start listening, and the Holy Spirit starts talking, and there's this expectancy, something magnificent is going on, even throughout the whole year of 2020. I know that we are in the midst of a pandemic, but more importantly, we are in the midst of God revealing himself in some very unusual, amazing circumstances. I must admit that that I do know that a lot of churches are struggling. I have I've heard of churches literally having to shut down because they can't make it financially. I've heard of churches, uh, uh, colleagues that I know well, is that they're operating in the negative and and they're worried about how they're going to get through twenty one and. And yet, yet uh, God has blessed us immensely. Every single department in this church is in the black. That that the uh, uh, that PPP thing is that's come out that we the small business and churches may be able to get help. We got that last year, and that <laughs> that they're saying that if you if your income for twenty 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 is unless it's 25% down from 2019, you may not be able to get any relief. And, and I'm thinking, oh, oh okay, uh, because our income for 2020 is better than, in 2020 than it has been in the past four or five years. I go, How did that happen? We celebrate that of God's faithfulness when that just shouldn't be happening. We, here's, here's the thing, and hear me out, church. There is something happening in people's lives in this fellowship that is truly a spiritual awakening. It's, it's like they're not sure, but something's going on. It's like this group of people that came together and and, and there's ended up to be 120 of them, and they were in this, this upper room not knowing anything of, is what was about to hit them. And, and we know today is Pentecost. Here's what I know, and that is when people pray, you turn loose the very powers of heaven. I just, I, I want to try to wrap my mind around that. I, I don't think I, I have enough theological understanding of what all that can be. Or when people pray, you have the power to battle the forces of darkness. Well, I've seen that in people's lives. And, and when we pray, uh, angels are willing to fight for the, 
for the answers of your prayers. I remember when, when my father passed away, we, we were in a room and, and, and he was gasping for his last breath. And, and, and so we, we came around the bed and, and Arlene, Arlene says, Dad, the family's going to be okay. Because we, we heard him mumbling, but I love them. I'm thinking, who's he talking to? <laughs> and, then, and then I says, hey, Dad, if you see Jesus, let it go. He, he had that death girdle, is that because of the fluids building up in his lungs, and, 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 and all of a sudden there was three crystal clear breaths, and he was gone. <laughs> We, the nurse and they didn't know what to do with us because we were crying and we were praising the Lord. We were crying and we were praising the Lord. In, in the meantime, well, when that was happening, I looked at Arlene and says, do you think an, an, an angelic host has come to usher dad home? She goes, I don't know. I says, hey, let me ask. See if it would shake the curtain. She goes, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> You know, the angels won't listen to us anyhow because, you know, they're not answerable to us. But just like the leaders in Antioch, I'm beginning to think that there might be something bigger in horizon than this pandemic. I believe that God is stirring the body of Christ for its greatest awakening that we have ever could imagine. I believe that before the return of Christ, there's going to be not an outbreak of a pandemic. There's going to be an outbreak of a move of God in the body of Christ. In this past year, he has isolated us. He has put us in the corner and closed us in our homes, whatever you want to call it. And he said, all right, let's get the house in order this house. Let's get it in order. I believe that part of the reason that we're not told what Antioch's leaders prayed for is this, because they had no idea what God had on his mind. Sometimes we could ask for something and God is saying, is that all? Is that, is that all what you're willing to ask? They just knew that there was something stirring and that whatever it was, they wanted it. And when these leaders prayed and fast, they opened themselves up for God to respond in a big way. Do you realize that when they allowed God's spirit to lead, and they set apart Barnabas and Paul to, uh, in the missions. The world literally was turned upside down. Antioch became the jumping off point of a worldwide revival. Nearly a dozen new congregations were established throughout Asia Minor. Paul began a ministry of his writing that literally overtook the New Testament. 
Antioch was established as one of the center hubs of Christianity in ancient in that ancient world, all because these men began to seek God, and they're not sure why for. Maybe they were. I mean, the Bible doesn't indicate it, though. I, I love, don't, don't you love great stories? I, you know, I, I, I love stories where, where the Calvary comes in, you know. And I, I love to hear testimonies of what God has done in, in, in such moments of total defeat in people's lives and rescued them. Well, in 2 Kings 6, 16 in NIV says this. Don't be afraid. The prophets answer, the prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Hmm. See, trusting God would certainly be easier if, if we could see that, that angelic world. Or maybe not, because I think it might frighten us of the warfare that is going on above us. But even though we can't see them in that physical realm, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. A, a realm more powerful than anything that we could ever, ever imagine. Even when we don't see God working, you could be sure of this, my friend, here in this sanctuary and there at home, no matter what you are going through, God is aware of it, and he has already been preparing for it. See, this powerful glimpse of what God was doing is in 2 Kings 6, verses 18 through, 9, 8 through 18, is where ancient um, Aram, modern-day uh, Syria, was fighting their, the Israelites, and God used the prophet Elisha to predict how the Armenians would attack them to warn the Israelite army. Well, the Bible says that they were enraged about what Elisha did. So they began to plotting an attack upon the city to cut off Elijah from in help of the, helping the Israelites. But God stepped in and protected Elisha. And a servant and even uh, that who was in charge, they were allowed to see this. Get this picture. It's in verses 15 through 17 of 2 Kings 6. When, when the servant of the, of the man of God got up, and he went out early the next morning, went out of his tent, and, uh, you know, and the army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. They go, uh-oh, we are in big trouble. Oh, no, my Lord. What shall we do? This servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And he's probably thinking to them, what are you talking about? Don't you see what is happening all around us? We are surrounded. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills. Oh, full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. <laughs> 
I don't think Steven Spielberg could put something together that's going to be that marvelous. I, I don't know that, that, that in those chariots of fire, that the horses in front of them were, were not just sitting. I, I think they were on their back legs, ready to roar those legs in the front, just wanting to let loose behind them was, well, chariots of fire. <laughs> Some of you car buffs, you know, you like to get one of those old cars and put a flame on the side of it. You know, you've seen some of those things. This is the real stuff. 2020 has made us feel like that servant sometimes. Difficult circumstances press down on us on every side. Why this? Why me? Why now? I am so exhausted. It keeps coming again and again and again. You know, I hear one person in a congregation down with COVID, then, then they're getting better, then another one comes down. They got better, then another one comes down. It's just, it's exhausting. Why is this happening in our midst? Why now? We could be honest, raw, and sometimes even well, embarrassing to admit because we're just exhausted. Sensing the enemy that is all around us and we're, and we're surrounded by those problems that we seem that I don't have the answers to it all. Elisha's servant probably felt that the same way as we are feeling or we feeling the same way he has. His faith was as flimsy as those flags flowing in the tents of the Israelites. But Elisha was as strong as the tent pegs anchoring that tent into the ground. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Did you get that? We, we really aren't outnumbered. Now, how can we better trust God than during these times and knowing that? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elisha knew, knew that there was more power in the strength of the unseen reality of the heavenly host than the seen reality of the enemy around them. You remember Sunday when I was talking to you about those things hoped for and those things not seen does not mean that they do not exist. Because that substance and that evidence of your faith, I have seen it work. It does exist. And Elijah, he didn't need to pray for an army to come rescue. What are we going to do? I need an army to come. When he already knew that, well, the uh, God's army, those church of fire was already around. Some people, I, I think, when you talk about this, they think that, that here's, here's the, the enemy and, and here is, is God's army, the chariots of fire. They're on one hill and then on the other hill, and they're ready to come against each other. Or maybe they see the chariots of fire and they turn around and take off. There was nowhere to take off because, you see, they weren't on one side and the, and the angels and the chariots of fire on the other side. It was 
there was the circle around Elisha, and then behind them, there was another circle around them of the chariots of fire. Now, here's what I do know, is that if you have a small circle, and you make another circle of you know, people, and then you want another circle around them, behind them, you've got to have more people. So there were more chariots of fire than there was of the enemy. That's why he says there are more of us than of them. That's why I love the scripture in John 14, 20 says, I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Circle, circle, circle. Yeah. God most likely won't pull back that curtain separating the physical at times, but I can assure you that you are surrounded. You are covered. There is a watch that is over you. And, you know, there is a, a multitude of witnesses, the Scripture says. I I I, I kind of like that when 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 I hear that multitude of witnesses and and now I, I don't know the camera shot may might get me or not and you see uh, it's like the the angels they're they're in heaven and they're they're sitting and they're just watching what's going on wow 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 and oh no oh no and 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 and. and and the one who knows all things, he, he, he walks behind these angels and they're saying, oh, no, they're in trouble. And, and, and God the Father says, oh, do I have something coming here? Watch this. It's something that they never, never expected. I, I remember when, when I played football, we we had this play. It was magnificent play, and and I faked this handoff, and and then I took that ball and I put it on my side behind me, and just kind of watched that guy, and and he he looked like he was protecting that ball, carrying it right up the middle, and everybody came in, all the linebackers, everybody came in, and I had a clear path, but it could run. Because the referee blew the whistle because he thought the guy had the ball and got tackled. So next time I played that play, I went to the referee and said, here's what's going to happen. I wanted him to know because it was unexpected. I want you to know something. God has some marvelous plays in store, some unexpected things that we have never seen or dreamt that was possible. Now, I, I, I love the things that exist in us because God is doing the work. I'm not sure what God is going to do when his people begin to pray like they never prayed before, but I sure like to see it. You see, I, I believe that, that God has more in mind for us than we could ever think that we could pray for. So I think that maybe what we could do is we're closing out 2020 in these latter few days is let's pray a prayers of not asking for, 
but saying, Lord, whatever you want. And in that, you know, we say, do it again. You know, I, it's, I'm not just talking about do it again, what you once done in my life. I want you to do it again, what you've done in Elisha's life. I want you to do it again, Lord, when, when, when you had Moses divide that Red Sea. I, I want those signs and those wonders, Lord, that, that was beyond anything that anybody expected. Lord, not only do it again, but knock it up a notch, you know? Because when I ask him what, 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 what I want him to do, God's saying, is that it? In Ephesians 3.20 tells us God is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask for or imagine according to the powers that are at work within us. Some, someone wrote this as they said, there came a time in my life when I was eased, when, when I earnestly prayed, God, I want your power. Time wore out and, and that power really didn't come. And he asked God, why did you not give me that power? And again, after a short period of time, then God finally answered him. He says, what you were asking for, you didn't need my power. It was humanly possible. Hmm. You see, I, I want us to pray is that, God, if you don't show up, we're really in trouble. So what I, what I want to do is to pray that prayer of Antioch. I want to pray a prayer that gets God's attention. Whatever is it, Lord, that you want. You know my needs that are, that to me are overwhelming. But to you, Lord, there is something much greater that he wants to do. And believe me, in 2020, we have a list of prayer needs that could go all the way up one arm and down the other. All types and needs that and legitimate. And we need miracle after miracle after miracle. <laughs> and there, well, why not pray them? And I'm, I'm not saying not to. But let's just, for a couple days, let's just say, Lord, uh, have your way. Do what you want to do with my life. Move in a way that is unexpected, like something that I have never seen before or never knew was possible. Especially, Lord, with me. Teach me to be obedient that, that when you want me to do something, that I do it in, in the most simplest of things. Listen, church, obedience is a learned process. It's not something that, that all, you know, I have this abracadabra thing where we think, you know, I pray in the name of Jesus and all of a sudden it's just there. It can be, but, but often obedience 
comes out of practice. And normally he would test our obedience out of the small things. And it may be something that is so insignificant that you think, why would he ever even ask me to do that? And I shared this in, in days gone by when, when, when the Lord, I'm walking through this sanctuary, there was a piece of paper on a Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon or Friday, our cleaning crew comes in and cleans everything. I walk past it thinking, oh, they're going to clean it, vacuum it all. I didn't need to pick it up. And by the time I got to the lobby, there was such a conviction upon me over a stupid piece of paper. I said, what is this, Lord? He says, I ask you to pick it up. How could I trust you to be obedient in big things when you're not obedient in the small? So, so let's maybe even the next few days in a days going into the new year, let's, let's practice the small things of obedience. Because I believe something big is on the way. I believe that God wants to do something beyond anything we can ever thought was possible. Hmm. And for me, I want to be a part of it. And, and, and I believe you want to be a part of it. Because God truly is up to something. I have, um, I have been talking to the staff and about this past year, and this is what I asked them, what was the most challenging things that they had to face in their ministry. And then I asked them to tell me what, what they did to overcome it or are working to overcome it. I'm telling you, is I, I, I could have really thought that this, these guys got together. They had a, a, a pre-staff pre meeting, one without me, then one with me, because their answers were so right on, so together in that unity. And, and, and the thing, the thing that, that they, they are sharing with me is that we're in this together. Rally the troops. Because when we rally the troops, remember I've said Satan builds the strongholds in the silence of our lives. When we break the silence, we break the stronghold. One is that when I come together and I begin to pray, and I pray with other people. Skip, could you go up and just play something for me? I'm... Is, is that there is, there is a sense of, of expectancy, and when I am alone, and when I am by myself, and when I am isolated, and we are isolated a lot these days, that, that we begin to conjure up in our minds the imagination of, of the craziness of our world, and it's bigger than what we think. But I'm reminding you, there are more with us than there are with them. 
God is bigger than anything that we have experienced in 2020. And, and his answer for that is not just simply removing the pandemic, restoring the finances, or bringing civil peace into our communities. It's far more, all those things are good. I pray for all those things to happen. But I'm telling you that God's ways are far higher than our ways. And so when I allow that door to be open, and, he, and I am learning to walk in that obedience of what he's asking, when, then when he says, and, and remember, little is much in the hands of God. That rod was not a big deal. That rod that Moses had was just a stick that he carried in, in the wilderness. But when he stretched it over that Red Sea, it divided the waters. It was not the rod, my friend. It was the obedience of a man of doing something as simple that a child can take a stick and hold it over a water. It does not take a theological degree. It doesn't take a PhD in understanding how the stick is carved out. The simple thing is obedience. Then behold the wonder of God. So you at home, I'm sure that many of you are there because you just can't be here yet. And it breaks your heart that you just can't be here yet. I know that. But I want you to know is that that obedience is you waiting before the Lord, serving the people who you can in that home, and allowing God to do something into each and every one of you. God is up to something. Beyond our imaginations, Ephesians 3.20 says, more than we could ever imagine. Here's what I want you to do just for a second. Just close your eyes. Imagine God moving in the lives of people in your home, in your family. What do you see? What do you see? Now look at me, church. It's beyond that. God says, that's pretty cool. But wait until you see what I have planned. I am not saying not to pray for specific things. But I am saying, keep it open. Because it's more than those things. I would put up with the pandemic for a worldwide revival. I would put up with the economic struggles to see loved ones coming to a saving knowledge of Christ, realizing that money is not that important. 
when eternity is at stake. I, 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 I would put up with the struggles that we go through is seeing a community healed out of the love of God. The prayer of Antioch is probably a prayer saying, whatever you want, Lord, I'm all in. Use me in it. If it's a pick up a piece of paper, I'll do it. Lord, but whatever you ask, I'll walk in obedience of that. Because I have not had more expectations, more excitement for a coming year than I have had for 2021. And it's not because I'm tired of 2020, but it's because his ways are far higher than mine. And there is a story. He wants to do something. Would you stand?